Hello, fellow Redbirds. Welcome to Bird Fans Forever, podcast number 32. Please follow us on our at Bird Fans Forever Twitter account to be notified of our latest podcast videos and to participate in our fun polls. Also, go to our website, www.birdfansforever.com, where you can find a list of all our previous podcasts. Finally, visit Bird Fans Forever on YouTube and dunk on that subscribe button. Our YouTube site has all of our previous podcasts. In addition, YouTube has our archive of classic Redbird games that we've accumulated thanks to so many Redbird fans who have been kind enough to share their video libraries with us. We hope to keep adding to our collection of games, and if you're a fan, chances are you will find a game on there you will want to lose a couple of hours watching. If you check it out, one of my all-time favorite Redbird basketball games is the 1990 MVC Championship game versus SIU Salukis at Redbird Arena. Steve and I were at that game sitting on the baseline two rows up, and Pemberton might have been there too, I don't remember. No, he was on the court working to bring us home the win. Still love watching that game. Our guest for today played locally for Bloomington High School on the football field and the basketball court. He graduated from BHS in 2018 and played at Vincennes University in Indiana for two years. Then from 2020 to 2022, he played for the Leathernecks at Western Illinois, where he averaged 13.4 4 points a game and had his career best 33 points versus Ball State. For his last year of eligibility, he transferred home to our Illinois State Redbirds, where he had a 28-point game versus Eastern Michigan, and 16 points and five rebounds in Horton Fieldhouse versus the SIUE Cougars. We'll be right back with our podcast featuring Colton Sandage. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Bird Fans Forever with Colton Sandage. He just graduated, and how you doing, big boy? good thank you guys for having me this is awesome so colton redeemed the program by a huge win in horton Fieldhouse. he's got a national championship with um oh tell me that you know i just wrote down <laughs> Vincent. yes so hey man this is sometimes i'm not always good with that so and then played at western so colton like we started uh always on the podcast how did you get to isu this is going to be a long one yeah, so uh, even in high school, uh, going into my senior year, I still didn't know if I was going to do college basketball or football. So uh, going into my senior year summer, I had no offers, anything like that. And then in July, I got a couple offers for basketball. So uh, I honestly always thought I was better at football. I thought that I was going to be at the route I was going to have to go. So when I finally got the, when I got the basketball offers, basketball was always my love. But when I got the offers, I'm like, all right, yes, I can do this. So uh, I committed to UT Arlington um, in August of my senior year and uh, was good, signed everything. And then in football season, week six, I tore my ACL. So that was all good. The coaching staff, I signed to uh, Scott Cross there. And uh, he had three straight 21 seasons. Everything was good. He said he was going to keep me. And then uh, in March, all of a sudden, I think they had 23 wins and uh, he got fired. Uh, really? Lost in the conference championship game three years in a row, uh, and the athletic director fired him. So I think this was, yeah, this would have been March. Uh, new coaching staff comes in. They're telling me they're going to keep me, everything, until about April, probably around this time, around high school graduation, and uh, they kind of just dropped me. So at that point, I'm um, there, no scholarship, torn ACL. Uh, I didn't really know what to do. I tried playing a little bit of AAU that summer. Didn't didn't go too well. I just wasn't fully recovered from my ACL. Right, right. So uh, everyone told me Vincennes was a perfect opportunity for me, and uh, 
that that's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, honestly, going to Vincennes, uh, playing for Coach Franklin. Uh, he's more of a Bobby Knight type coach, so uh, I got a great experience in college basketball. Uh, but every day, I just I had to challenge myself. I figured out every single day that there was more left in the tank and there was more to do. And I don't know if I would have found that if I would have went straight D1 out of, out of high school. So I'm always grateful for that. And obviously winning a national championship there my freshman year, uh, 13 of the 15 guys went D1. So just oh, going wow. there in general, it was like you're at a Division One. Every day you're going against D1 guys. Right. Uh, so you have no choice but to get better, but to compete. And uh, my freshman year, I think we went, we were 32 and two. Uh, 30, 34 and two, that was our uh, final record. And in my sophomore year, uh, we were very good at top 10 all year, top five. Uh, didn't win our region, which is the automatic bid for the tournament, but we still got a, a at-large bid into the tournament, and then that's when COVID stopped. Yep. So uh, I left JUCO with a 64 and seven record. So wow. That was, that was really fun. I mean. Yeah, uh, I could have went D1 and sat the bench for two years, maybe possibly develop, but going there and learning how to win at a college level and playing at a very high level was probably the best thing ever. Right. But even so when COVID hit, it canceled our tournament and that's the big recruiting weekend, recruiting week for the D1s to come see you uh, at the tournament, how you perform. So I had nothing that nothing. And uh, it got to July. I still had no offers, not a D2 offer. I didn't have an NAI offer, nothing like that. And uh, Western Illinois called me. And I committed first phone call. I was like, I'm coming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my whole goal was to go to give back to the Division One level. It was close to home. And I'm like, new coaching staff. I, I had heard about Coach Jeter before. He was a great coach. And I'm like, let's do it. Like, I got no other option. <laughs> so going there, uh, 14 new guys. Uh, the team before won five games. There's 14 new guys. We couldn't get into the gym until about October, uh, and we were still in groups at that point because it was COVID. So there was right, a group right. of five of us, and then like another group, and then another group. So I didn't even see half of my team play till late October. I didn't know what their games were like. Nothing. Wow. And our first our first game was probably three weeks after we all came together against Luca Garza at Iowa. So <laughs> <laughs> we get seven balls, but that was my first D one game. I'm like, oh wow, we're here. But, uh, was that at Iowa? I assume that's at Iowa. Yeah, it was at Iowa. Uh, and then, so from that point. How bad was that score? Oh, I think we were down 30 at half. Really? Oh. Yeah. It, I mean, you could just tell, like, we had, it looked like open gym out there for us. Like, this guy's <laughs> not doing anything, so. You're, you're making up for only seven losses in, in two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all came back. And then I, I actually was not playing very much at all. Uh, I was playing. I didn't play until probably February. Uh, they had me on scout team. I always say this: a uh, kid from South Dakota, uh, Plitzewicks. I thank him forever because they told me on scout team be him. And I don't know what it was, but that whole week I found a whole new part of my game that I didn't know I ever had. Uh, and we awesome. were playing back-to-back games that day or the, that year. So we played on a Friday. Yeah. Killed the whole week, didn't play Friday. And Saturday, th- I didn't play the whole first half. He throws me in with like eight minutes left, I think. And I, I exploded for 17 straight points. Damn! <laughs> and then 
he started me the next game, and that's when I became a point guard. And uh, that's where I see like playing quarterback in high school really allowed me to translate to the point guard position, yeah. being a leader, the vision, everything. Just it, I found it to be a lot more comfortable for me. Uh, I realized like I love having the ball in my hands and just being able to make the right things happen. Just right, being, right. having the control of the team, making sure things are going right, and uh, it really allowed me to gain confidence in myself, my teammates, and we finished the game. We won or the season. We won seven straight going into the uh, conference tournament, and then uh, that off season we brought in two transfers. We knew with that great uh, into the season that we had a lot of confidence going in. Uh, so year two at Western, we were very good. Uh, opened the year at Nebraska, beat Nebraska at Nebraska, sold out crowd. Wow. Uh, that was amazing. Um, and we started off, I think we were like 12 and three going into conference. And then uh, we just hit a lot of bumps in the road. Just, you know, how teams get, you know, the yep. success can come a lot of pull apart from the team and everything. So that kind of, uh, factored into everything, but uh, I knew before my second year at Western, if we didn't have a really good year, I wanted to uh, try and leave Western and get to a higher level, and uh, I entered the portal and uh, fell in love with Coach P, and, and that was, I mean, I always was in love with ISU growing up and everything, and then Coach P just sealed the deal for me. So you and I kind of, we were talking on the phone right before we got into this, Go into the, the craziness that is the portal. So you, you put your name into the portal. Tell everybody what it's like. Because, I mean, I was kind of blown. I, I assumed it was crazy, but I didn't know it was that crazy. Uh, the second my name hit Twitter with Colton Sanders has entered the transfer portal, I probably didn't put my phone down for the next four days. It just, just coaches being car salesmen, you know, just telling you everything you want to hear and everything. And for a while, I, nothing was really catching my eye. I, I mean, this was like my fourth time in the recruiting process, I felt like. So I got to kind of decipher from what I liked and what I didn't like, what was catching my eye and not. And uh, I always knew ISU was going to be on my short list no matter what. Even if they wouldn't have called me, I would have had it up there probably. But uh, when Coach Peden called me first week, we didn't even talk about basketball. It was just uh, personal, trying to get to know me, trying to get my, know my family everything about me and like what drives me and everything and I just fell in love with him and when he uh Co coach Judson had actually actually coach Brandon uh when he was here under Jankovich yep. yeah so I, I loved coach Judson then and then the night before my visit coach Peden called me he was like hey like how do you feel about coach Judson being on staff and I'm like oh that'd be sick and then uh they told me that he was joining staff and then he kind of coach Judson really he looked at everybody in my meeting, I'm like, I'm like, man, man, kind of asked, how would you feel if Colton came to ISU? And just all their responses, I'm like, all right, like, I have to come here. Right, right. <laughs> so it was a long journey to get here, but I made it. You did, you did. It was an awesome journey. So that first game at ISU is against Western. How, how was that, like, playing against, you know, guys that were your teammates, the... the was there any trash talking going on, or, or was it oh, just yeah, all cordial? The whole, the whole summer leading up to it, Coach Peden called me one day. and was like, hey, do you want to play Western Illinois? I'm like, yeah. I'm to play Western Illinois. I think I started to talking to them then at that time. And uh, I just, I'm, I wish I could have been able to help more. I was just 
dealing with all my injuries at the time. Right. So that yeah. that didn't really help. So I tell them that doesn't count because I didn't get to do too much. Again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they know. They know. <laughs> but that that was really cool. Just. Uh, but most of that team was gone, though. Uh, I had eight guys leaving me at Western, so there was only a couple of guys at Western that I really knew pretty well. But I had a great—I have a great relationship to this day with that coaching staff, so it was awesome to see them. So, eight guys off that Western, your team from the year before, eight guys left. So, yep, so okay, three, two graduated and five left. And five left. All right. Yep. Wow. Wow. So, Colton, you, you played for uh, three different programs. Um, I'm sure they all had different like like styles and stuff like that. You want to talk about like the different styles in the programs and how it fit your game? Yeah, for sure. So uh, Vincent's uh, Coach Franklin's very old style. So everything you do, if you cross over, it's between the legs. Uh, if you if you get in the lane, you know, you better not turn the ball over. Just stuff like <laughs> that. You know, uh, heel toe instead of dribbling the ball outside your hip. Um, with him, it was almost like a, a camp when you're little, every, but it was every single day. It was just straight fundamentals every single day. Um, and everything, you know, how you set up your guy on a drive, just everything was so structured. If you fed the ball to the post, you knew to be in the corner because it was probably going to come back to you. Just, just all the little stuff. Uh, everything was just so structured, and he had so much control over us, I guess. Um, and at Western... Wait, wait, wait. Let me hop in there. So he was a, a you said a, a night esque type coach, right? Yep. Yeah, and so that's what I played under, right? And so it was fundamentals all pre practice and fundamentals all post practice and a lot of fundamentals during practice. Yep. Um, but like you said, you don't turn the ball in the post. Big man get one dribble, right? I mean, yep. we had a lot of rules like that. And, and I love the one you just said, fade to the corner, right? You inbound the ball to the post. I see so many programs today, they inbounds it. And I, well, you did this a lot still at ISU, but you know, not a lot of teams, when the guard inbounds the ball to the big, they stand right there, right? Mm -hmm. So it makes it easier to open up and help side and, and help down on the post and find where your man is. But like you're saying, float to the corner or float away, right? So that you're not in that same spot. Yeah, and uh, I mean, everything was, uh, we knew the read. So if I was in the corner, uh, if, if my guy wants to dig down on you, go ahead. He's just going to kick it right back to me, and I have an open shot, you know. It was, it was so structured, and uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, you were so disciplined. I mean, we lost right. the game, and we, we come in for 6 a 6 a.m. practice, and we practice subbing the whole morning. And all we did was sub, running on and off the court. I mean, at the time, I'm like, what is going on? Like, now that I'm older, I'm like, <laughs> I see what he was doing, just getting the discipline part down, just everything had to be a certain way. And at Western, uh, our main goal was to be not scoutable. So they just wanted us to play. So Really? When he gave me the, the key, he pretty much gave me the keys and said, do what you need to do to help us win, you know. And uh, there, I, that's everything. How was that transition? Because, I mean, it's hard, like – you know, to go from structure to like, uh -huh. one yeah. of the things I would say is that structure. Now that he can freelance, he still has all those solid fundamentals. Like he talked about, dribbling the ball outside your hip, exactly. right under under a night. To, that, that's a no no, right? That mm -hmm. ball is always in the protected zone. Um, talking about floating, doing all these fundamental things. You know, once you get a different style of coach. That's already ingrained in you, so you're already doing that no matter what. So, 
Absolutely. Okay, but holy cow, no offense whatsoever. I mean, we'd run like uh, a lot of the stuff. He, if he did do some, it was a lot of Portland Trailblazer actions with uh, C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard. Uh, yeah, really, me and Trent, uh, we use those two and really play off each other. But he really wanted us in transition to look for the drag screens with the guy trailing, and that's that's really how I if I felt as if I could get a, a guy coming in transition, I can twist the screen once or twice and. Either I'm going to be open or the guy's going to be open for a wide-open shot. or a Absolutely, and yeah. That, and then you just played off of that. We'd have very simple game plans, I mean, and we were scoring nine. Our goal was literally try to be outscoring people because we, we weren't very well rounded on defense. So we had to try to outscore people. And, but there, there's uh, a we, difference, too. Like, if, you, if you're at Western versus, I mean, you mentioned Iowa before, right? And, and, and you, you perhaps didn't have Luke Garza on your team. So getting down the, the, getting down the floor – in transition, right? Yep. Depending on the the size of your team and stuff like that, before they set their half-court offense, I mean, that makes sense, right? Before it, they set their half-court defense, you mean? Or half-court defense, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, it, I, I, I bet you, if you look back, right, you probably had much different results running against a set-up half-court defense versus in, in transition. Absolutely. It was always it was always way harder to, to score, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, my first year, I was I was really the only ball handler, so I was I was getting picked up 94 feet the whole game. Oh, but really? At the same time, that, that that really helped me because we could set the screen higher, higher yeah, up the yeah. court, because and that just yeah, you just have to create one advantage, you know, to get things flowing. But for me at Western in high school, we didn't really run much offense either. We just played, wow. we just played, and just motion, keep playing, and so that kind of helped me. And, that's kind of how I've always been. Just I figure out. So, are you calling no offense the motion offense? Because is that what you rank? Because if you're talking about night, because at Illinois State when I played, you know we had a motion. You knew the four other people on the court, and you knew whether or not you're screening or you're receiving screens and you're flaring and, and high screens and ball screens and cross screens and high lows. And so we didn't. We had a motion offense. Mm-hmm. Is that what mm-hmm. you're calling? Not really. Once we got past really? the screen, it was kind of just play. Our main base at Western would have been cutters, flex. Uh, yeah. We would run one flex cut and it'd be over. You know, we just didn't get the continuous motion of the flex cuts, and it really just turned into get past your guy, create, and we were very good at. It. We had a lot of offensive weapons at Western. Yeah. We yeah. Big. We we had a lot of shooters, so that always helps out when you can bail yourself out with tough shots. Right. Right. And then at, at ISU, um, big thing for Peden with me was playing on two. Uh, I'm, I'm always on the ground. I was always on the ground. But, uh, I was always Scrappy. on the ground. Uh, just lunging into the lane. And uh, sometimes you get the foul, but a lot of times you don't, especially in the Valley. You're not probably going to get that foul. So that was a big adjustment to me with Peden. He's, uh, he's very big on getting to the lane and playing off two. That's his biggest thing, a lot of Villanova-style stuff stuff and then all his actions I mean I've kind of figured out in college everybody kind of runs the same actions it's just how you get into the action you know right and uh coach Peden was very good at changing up how you're getting into the action depending on the team you were playing so uh he's he's very smart offensively and it's simple offense it just comes down to execution and uh, making absolutely and I think Peden obviously has shown at Ohio State just uh, 
fundamentals, stay calm, like keep moving, keep your dribble, a lot of cuts. And you can see it developing later in the year, uh, just with the communication with the guards, uh, you know, flaring, back cutting and stuff like that. Just the, the terms were coming together for everyone, which of course is hard first year uh, compared to a second year. Uh, just everybody knowing where to be and what to say. You know? Yeah, and we were always taught, right, um, and, and I was explaining my stuff, but bad offense with great execution is a great offense, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you have a great offense and you have bad execution, you got a bad offense. Mm -hmm. It all comes down to the execution piece of it, right? They can draw up the greatest diagram, but if you don't execute it, right, leave gaps in your screens or guys are off or spacing out and then they're into their cut late or, you know, you know, we, we, Colton and I were just talking about, right, if his man opens up with his back to the baseline, then he's going to float to the baseline, right, because he can't, Colton's out of sight, out of mind at that point, so the post just kicks it out to the corner. The guy opens up to the middle of the lane, and he's going to float high, because you always want to be at your opponent's back, so make him turn all the way around, right, so, he, you know, because as a good defender, you know where the ball on your man is, and when mm -hmm. they... You was talking when they crash down on the post. If they don't know where their man is, that's how you burn them. So, yeah. so Colton, do you consider yourself? I, I don't consider yourself like a spot up shooter. It looks to me you look most comfortable like coming around, uh, like curling around a thing, and, and, and like some movement into your your three point shot. Am I seeing that right or no? It's kind of crazy because if you go look in my all my high school highlights, my JUCO highlights, it was all catch and shoot, spot up threes, and then once I got to Western. It was, I felt like everything from then on came off the dribble almost or running off screens or, I don't know, I think that might come with the confidence thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just feeling, finding it, I guess. I don't know, I, I figured out I could take these type of shots in these type of situations and just knowing that you have it there. Uh, I was always told don't dribble, I guess, pretty much growing up. I always had great guards around me that were going to find me when I was in the corner open, you know. So did you not play one or two uh, in high school? Were you more of a three than in high school? Uh, I was pretty much a three. three two, okay. Um, okay. I never played the one. Never. So at Vincennes, were you playing, what position were you playing at Vincennes? Uh, mostly two. Uh, if he wanted to go small, I would play the three. I could always go mm -hmm. the bigger offense guys. And then, Weston, we know you went to the one, and all mm -hmm. of a sudden you were running the whole offense. So, and Steve, you and I have talked about that. You know, one of the hard things for a college player is, and I played three different spots in five years, right? I have a redshirt year, and it, it's to be good, like my boy JC, he played four all four years. He was a four and scored a ton of points out of the four. Ricky was a three the whole time, right? And so there's something to be said about a player that's versatile, Colton. Um, love the way you get to the basket. And, you know, you say you don't get fouled a lot. Man, that Horton game... You got to yeah. the line a lot, you know. I think otherwise. I think I get fouled. The refs don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got to ask you, since you brought the refs up, you said they don't call fouls in NBC. You know one thing they do call? Flops. What? what, what you got picked on so much on that. I, I don't even know what to say. It's just <laughs> I kind of have, like, my whole – like, at Western, there was one game, so it would have been where you had to get two of them to get uh, a tech or whatever before this year. And there was one game, uh, both times, I got killed on my three-point shot. I called flops both times. Really? I was just like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. 
I think it was worse at the beginning of the year. Like, like they were just looking for it, right? Yeah. I watched the you know the NCAA tournament, and and I mean there's people flopping down, and call some it crazy stuff. It's like it's like history. They weren't calling it at all in those games. There would no way they would call it. The way they make it now, I think it should be reviewable. Uh, if you're going to make that off of eye judgment, if you think it's a flop or not, it shouldn't be an automatic tech. It should yeah. Be, yeah. At least be able to re- review it to see if there was some contact. So Colton, uh, you know, I think most people know, but growing up, you're from uh, Bloomington, right? So you went to a whole bunch of ISU games, and, and uh, your brother played on there. So talk about someone that uh, you became friends with that was uh, – closely related to uh, an ISU coach? So, uh, of course, when Brandon was there, his uh, he started off with Mosier. Um, and then when Jankovic came in, uh, his son Michael was my age as well. So, uh, the first and two years... How old then, were you when Brandon was playing? We were talking about this when he was on. When Michael would have came here, I think I would have been eight. Around eight. Yep, around eight years old. So, when Michael came, I mean... That Just... Old enough to remember that your shot was better than uh, Brandon's. Is that what you... okay? We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. That's, that's coming up. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, keep going. So I mean, uh, it was always me and Michael at away games. You know, there was it was we were the only kids there, so we came really close to this day. That's one of my best friends. Uh, so even after Brandon left, I was in the arena every day. Just running, being kids, you know, we just run around and play basketball all day, and that probably just added to my love of basketball. Uh, and I think I probably know the arena better than most people that have been there for four years. I know the insides and out, probably know all the hiding spots. And, uh, <laughs> but just being around, I mean, I was with Michael every single day until they uh, took the SMU job, and just being at the house, just all the time being around. Even then, it was like Jackie Carmichael and all those guys, just being around them. So I got to form a relationship with some of those guys. And just being around it and just seeing ISU basketball. I mean, at that time, Jankovic, I mean, the program was very, very elite at the time. And uh, that's kind of was my draw as well, just always being around Jankovic and seeing how good ISU was. And I mean, to this day, I mean, Michael just won a, got to win a national championship with Kansas. So that was pretty cool as a walk-on. Uh, so that was just really cool, just being able to grow up with the coach's kid, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, all the hiding places in, in, in uh, Redbird Arena, but let's let's talk about a, a, a nice Redbird Arena moment for you. Um, played Eastern Michigan, as we said before, you had you had an okay game that day. You you want to talk about <laughs> that uh, the game? I think it was twenty eight points. Was it twenty eight yeah. points? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was actually the game before I played five minutes, and uh, Malachi got hurt, so I had no clue. And uh, right before the game, he's like, "All right, Sanders, you're starting." I'm like, "All right," I, you know, I. Had do you like that when they just tell you at the last minute, or do you like knowing ahead of time? Because well, I think different people I, react differently. That <laughs> he told me I was starting, and then we went out for more warm-ups, and then right as he's drawing up the play for tip-off, he goes, "Oh, you know the one, right?" I'm like, "Oh yeah." So then I'm, at that point, I'm starting at the point guard. And I'm like, "All right," <laughs> like. Let's get it, but for me, that was that was kind of my first game back where I felt like myself after all my back stuff, all my injuries and stuff, and I finally felt like I was getting back into it. So it was perfect timing. Uh, 
and it was it was really fun to have one of those nights you know just when you're a kid I was always watching Osiris put up 30 and, and every night you know it felt like you know that was the man when I was growing up so to be yeah. able to put on Big a old. show like that and in my hometown I had a lot of people there a lot of people there in general and uh and big hype about around Armani Bates and everything so that that was really cool to do yeah so how does it feel like like does this just feel like every time the ball leaves your hands it's just gonna go in I'd like to think so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends I mean if I see that first one go down in the game I'm thinking everything I put up is going in yeah um, just kind of getting those crews you but know? you're in the midst of that 28 does it just feel like yeah, I actually, uh, I remember Seneca fouled out, and there was probably about five minutes left. I think I was at, like, 20. Yeah. And I, to- I was, like, I told myself, like, if we want to win, like, I got to score 30 here. So, <laughs> and then at that point, it's just making about the right plays. And they were very aggressive picking me up, so that just plays them in my advantage and just getting to the hoop. I was getting, I shot, I think I tied the Redbird Arena record for free throws made that night. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. So there's there's another another venue, right, that Mr. Pem- Pemberton wants to talk about. The Horton Fieldhouse Redemption, right? I, uh, I said it off air. I played in the first last game at Horton Fieldhouse against Butler and won that one. I played in the second last game at Horton against DePaul and lost that one. So when I saw that go in the schedule, I was like, come on, boys, redeem us, redeem us. So let's talk about a Horton game, big boy. I mean, uh, just when they put that court up for the first practice, you could just feel it in the air, you know, just that first practice. I'm like, yo, this is sweet. Like, it was just loud in there, you know, and everything echoes. We could tell how energetic it was going to be. And then that day, I mean, right when they opened the doors, there's people sprinting the seats, and we're like, oh, that's how it was. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, I, it gave me goosebumps. It gives me goosebumps right now talking about it. Just You could just see the love, how much love there was for ISU basketball and Horton Fieldhouse. And to be able to come out with the win that day, I mean, if we would have lost, oh, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know how, how we would have lived with ourselves, but that it was it was so much fun playing in Not there. good for 32 years, trust me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could play every game in there still. I mean, to this day, that was probably the best atmosphere I mean, Nebraska was sold out. We won that game, and I'd still rather play in Horton. I mean, that that place was rocking. It was so much fun. You were, you played well that game too, and, and uh, there's some moments like, and you you got, well, you were hurt coming into the season, right? Then you got better, and then you got hurt again. But you you got knocked around in that game uh, uh, a couple cool. times. I, I think your your style, you kind of play with like reckless abandon. You know what I mean, and, and <laughs> you got the foot football mentality, right? Yeah. And, and, and do you think that contributed to like some of your injuries? I don't, I don't know. You want to talk about like uh, what was going on? And would, my mom would say so, but I mean, your mom would, but your dad wouldn't, right? <laughs> I, think, I think it's also her fault. You know, when I was younger, you, you weren't hurt. Get up, you're fine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of. That's how I always was. I was never gonna get. I mean, actually, the Horton game, my ankle was probably this big yeah Michigan game so like I don't know it's just always just I don't know you pain's temporary I guess my mom kind of taught me I mean Brandon's the same way I Brandon's a big reason for that reason too you know he was pushing me down when I was real little but I had to get up yeah. <laughs> okay can I talk about one moment and we won't talk about what happened that led up to this but 
when 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 H ran from I think he was in the stands or something like that. <laughs> was he shot like out of a cannon or a missile or something like that? That was that was awesome. Cuz you were down there, right? And you were kind of trailing that play. Did, he took the ball from me, so no, I know, I know. We, yeah, we're we were going to talk about that part. I can't remember what happened, but yeah, all I remember is say, we don't, we're old guys. We don't remember how that happened. We just know you and Ace were running him down. It's okay to have selective memory. It's, this is your podcast, okay? <laughs> all I remember is the ball was in the air, and I kind of like slipped. So I'm like looking down, and I start running, and I just, I just see H just zoom past me. I'm like, oh my, and then. The guy wanted to try to dunk it for some reason, and Ace just made a great play and helped us win the game. I, that was a very big play. That's probably going to go down to Redbird history, honestly. Just that whole that play and the whole event going down and everything. There, there, there's some plays like where you're at, like as a fan, right? So you're sitting in the stands, and you kind of see because you can see a different angle. Like, not, I don't even know this. Like the Madison Williams dunk and Bellpole. You, we had this perfect angle. I just see him going to take off. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to dunk it over this guy. Like, and it happens, and you're like, holy crap. It was the same thing. He was coming towards us, and I was like, holy crap. I think he might be able to block. Like, and then at first, you're like, don't follow him. And then he goes up there and just swipes it. And it's like, wow. That was a great play. It was tremendous effort on that play, for sure. Most people would have gave up. Yeah. You want to talk about, like, you know, Unfortunately, at the end of the season, uh, you were hurt. Like some of the things that were going on there, and then maybe we'll talk about senior day after that. Christmas, uh, my calf started getting tight, and uh, it turns out my disc was sitting on a nerve, and my left calf wouldn't fire. So at, from the Christmas on, I played probably five or six games, like just on one leg. It felt like I was wow. out there galloping. Coach is still playing me 20, 20 plus minutes, and I'm, it was just a struggle to get up and down the court. And then it finally got to a point where like we had to go see someone, and the doctor pretty much just advised me to. Uh, not keep playing on it, and I'm getting surgery actually this Monday. Uh, Good luck so, with that. Uh, get all that taken care of. So it was just it was a, it was a tough battle all year. I felt like I never really got to 100 percent, honestly. But uh, just being able to be here was awesome. So, so then senior day comes, right? So, so that that that's an emotional day yeah. for, for for every senior, right? And, and you get you get to start. Mm -hmm. So it was weird with Coach. Uh, he, he was like, I'm going to start all seniors, everything. And they kept asking me probably a week up, like, hey, are you going to dress? Like, what's going on? And I just kept thinking about it. I really couldn't sleep. I'm like, yeah, I want to dress, but, like, is it smart? And then I was just like, the day before, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Thinking he's going to throw me in, like, into the game, like right. most people would. He's like, all right, you're starting. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then he puts me out there, and, <laughs> like, these guys are pressuring me. I'm like, I haven't been out here in two months. I can't. <laughs> Coach P is yelling at me like, come on, Colton. I'm like, that's not what I expected. But he drew the first play up for me. Obviously, Evansville probably knew it was coming, so they shut right. me down. So he took me out, and I think he put me in with like a minute 20. Uh, and then, obviously, everybody in the gym was trying to give me the ball. Yeah. I finally got it. I gave him a shot fake, and 
just like being in the backyard, just going up for a three. And that, that was pretty emotional just for me, uh, obviously getting to go out on the last make and just seeing like my teammates and everyone that it just meant the world to me to um, to get out there again, you know. So when I left the hands, did you know it was in? Uh, I, I was just praying. I was like, <laughs> You're praying. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a shot you can't miss. Like, <laughs> no, it, it looks sweet. So, so we we talked about this. Um, you always want to make your last shot before you get off the court, right? You, you, yeah. Was that part of your superstition too? Well, so it kind of made it difficult because the last game I played was SIU, and I hit a pull-up three. That was my last shot. So that was a big thing in my head. Like, I can't go out on a mate. So, <laughs> do I really want to dress or not? But I, I knew I'd have to make it. You know, last college shot's got to go in. <laughs> got to go in. That is awesome. I didn't see it with you, but I've seen some other players. Were, they're out there. And you could tell who has a superstition or not, right? The rest mm-hmm. of the team's already walking off, and they're out there, and then they missed, right? And they get the ball back. They get the quick, you know, manager to get ball back. Yep. They miss again, and they're like, they really walk up to the thing and shoot like a one-foot thing. That's good. I made it, man. I'm off the court yeah. now. I always <laughs> made a one-foot thing, right? I mean, <laughs> make a layup, dude. I mean, yeah. So we are back, and for episode 32, we decided to bring in a special guest, Brandon Holtz, Colton's older brother. Now, you heard Colton earlier say, he had to be tough because every time he would try to play with Brandon, he'd just push him down like an old, older brother does to a younger brother. <laughs> so, you know, brother abuse. Uh, so, I got a question for them. But the first is, we're going to talk jerseys. So, Colton had a whole bunch behind. We know Brandon's got his. I'm starting with the pathetic jersey that I have. That is my 1988 jersey. No name on the back. So anybody could have wore that jersey. <laughs> that guy? <laughs> no, it's, it's it, like, uh, yeah, it, I don't know what it, it is. It was Rick Lambs, and it was a hand-me-down. <laughs> it is a hand-me-down. It is Rick's. Yeah, we know that. And then, so there's my white jersey that I got out of the dumpster after Donowal got fired. Uh, behind North Gym, walking out by the training room, they had thrown all our old stuff away, and we just went in there. I got shorts, too. And then, of course, the only decent thing I got is the Valley Championship T-shirt. Wait, you two don't have one of these? Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be watching that. Oh, that was just so mean. I'm sorry. All right, Brandon, what do you got? What's your show and tell? I got my uh, my away jersey. I think this was from my junior year, maybe. But from freshman oh. to sophomore year, they were all pretty similar. Uh, Wait. Just a little t- mesh. Turn around and show your back. You only could... That that's only the font's only big enough to see it from the first or second roll. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when you sit on the bench the whole game, the fourth or fifth roll. Oh, oh stop! Oh, we got shots of you. We got we got video of you making a three, so it had to happen at least once. All right, Colton, let's see what the modern jersey looks like. So I got. I actually didn't even get to wear this jersey. Uh, I didn't ever get to wear the red this year. You didn't so. get to wear the red. No, because we, I mean, we have five jerseys this year, so oh, in the road games that we played, we always wore the black, and I never got to wear it, but here's this one, so we've gotten a little better. That is that is sweet jersey. Uh, here's the black one, which uh, I really like this one. The jersey, the shorts had the throwback logo on them, so yeah. Yeah. that was always really cool. That's the one you wore at Horton, right? Uh, no, we wore the white. The white one at Horton. Horton. You're right, yeah, you're right. I don't have that one with me. Um, and we also had this gray one. This one might have been my favorite. 
Okay, we're going to ask you. So you have a white, a red, a black, and a gray. Which is your, as a player, what is the, you and your teammates, what's your favorite? Because I'm, I'm assuming, Brandon, you didn't have gray when you played, right? No, we just had red and white. Thank you, brother. Think, yeah, us I mean, old guys. Everybody really likes the black. The black's pretty cool. I, I liked it, too, on the road. But my personal favorite is the, the gray, probably. Do, do they let you vote? Like, which ones no, you want to play? Uh, no? No, it was, it was a, never knew what was going to be in the locker that day. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, wow. and then I also I traded, I jersey swapped Luke Kazuki, of course, so I got his K State one as well. That's good. Nice, nice. That is nice. That yeah. is nice. All right, so my question I, yeah, is real quick: five jerseys this year. I think when we showed up, uh, we got a jersey our freshman year and held on to it until our senior year. <laughs> <laughs> I even had it worse than you. I got to go grab mine off the floor. Mine was Rick Lamb's jersey, right? And then they gave it to me. Four years later, or two years later. So, I didn't get to pick my number. I walked in and they said, you're number 53. I'm like, uh... I look over at my buddy Gerard, and they're like, you're number 52. And he's like, well, that's number Hank had. I'm like, that's Rick, number Rick had. They're like, yeah, you're supposed to be the next Rick and Hank. That's what you're supposed to do. So, I mean, we didn't did even you, pick Did you get numbers. to pick your number, Colton, or no? Yeah, I did, yeah. You did. Brandon, did you get to pick your number? Not in Japan. Yeah. I didn't have to fire right, out so, we're in 45, so it wasn't really much of a yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> Nobody likes those high numbers anymore. Very rarely do you see anybody above, and even in the 40s very rarely, let alone the 50s. So, all right, if we could compare uh, Colton as a senior and Brandon as a senior, who's got better range? Well, me all day. He just got to show it off a little bit more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I taught him, right? He taught me how to shoot. Yeah, he taught me how to shoot, so you would think I'd have to be better, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I'd be up. All right. All right. Next question. Who's got more dunks? I do, for sure. That's the yeah, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Who can drive the golf ball farther? Yeah. Yeah, he's got that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, there's that game. Now we're back. Colton. Colton, does, <laughs> Colton does, he, does he give you strokes when you guys play? Yeah, but most of the time I'm just watching, like, it's like watching a professional golfer, so it's just yeah. really fun to Well, he, he was a professional golfer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> no, we, we have fun out there. It's, it's a good time. It's 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 a uh, a comic relief when we both get out and play. We have, we both have a good time and throw our other brother Brent in the mix, and then it's just trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Golden, I don't know if you know this, but man, I'd see your brother, and when you were on fire, that your brother looked like he had the biggest grin in the world. I'd come over to him at halftime, and he's like, you know, like against the Eastern Michigan game. And he's got 14. He's got to get to 30. He's got to get 30. And then when you were having an off game or you were hurt, he was just, you know, it looked like somebody he's kicked his. Pacing. Yeah. You always see him up there pacing. Yeah. 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 You always had a true fan in your brother, right? That was pretty awesome. I thought that was always very cool. Now he sat not behind your bench. I mean, a little bit up, right? Could you actually yeah. hear him every once in a while? Uh, 
No, they. There you go. Are always like, how are you not hearing him? But. So you throw the emotion and the competitiveness, and then the want for him to do better. And yep, sometimes you just got to go walk it off. <laughs> so so that, that's a good question. Who who's who's the uh, most competitive person in your family? We're all pretty competitive. I mean, just, yeah, I'd say it's a toss-up. We wouldn't, yeah. we wouldn't be, you know, where we were uh, and do what we did without being, you know, su- you know, supremely to the top. We try right. to be the most supreme right. we can, um, and that's how we, you know, raised and taught Colton how to play. You know, if you're not the best, you're not going to play. Um, you know, mom, mom and dad's not going to come up and and uh, you know, get you in the game. You got to do what you need to do to get into the game. And, right, um, right. you know, that's just is what it is. And it's all about, you know, when, when I was on this show earlier, you know, scoring, that's so I told Colton all grown up, score, 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 score. Um, and then you, I mean, obviously you guys watching the games this year saw some of that from him. Um, it just, unfortunately, absolutely uh, not more. Uh, it wasn't due to him. It was due to just, you know, being, Playing basketball. Injury. Yeah. It happens. It does. It does. I think a lot of that started. They, uh, so Brandon, Brent, and my sister, Brooke, they all won junior high state championships. So I never did, so I always heard that growing up. (laughs) 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 I always heard that. But I got one in high school. I didn't get the championship, but I got there at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then the junior college, junior college championship—that's that's pretty good too. You're, that that tops, yeah. A college yeah. championship, yeah. That you're you're yeah. Colton, whenever they say, "Hey, I got an eighth grade yeah, state championship," matter. you just got to break that ring out and just show them the hardware, right? Because <laughs> they didn't give rings for eighth grade state championships. Uh, when, when that's all you got in your back pocket, you got to throw it out sometime. you do you do all right so this has been awesome brandon thank you for hopping on colton here's where we get a chance with you to close get a chance to say whenever you want a closing so here's your floor well thank first off thank you guys for having me uh it was awesome just talking and uh i mean this year was awesome just Seeing the overwhelming support of Illinois State basketball is coming from my other programs is just crazy to me. Uh, I see how much support we really have, and I can tell Coach Peden's going to get this thing in the right direction very soon. So, I'm very excited for the future of Redbird basketball. Yeah, we all are. And Colton, it was a proud to watch you play, right? You know, like Brandon. I know he's your brother, but he's also a former player in that Redbird brotherhood, right? to see the next generation come out and the way you would just go at the, the opponents and lay it out on the line and go in hard. I just, man, it was awesome, right? And then to redeem Horton Fieldhouse, I mean, that's icing on the cake, right? And so, very proud of you. So, so for episode 32 of Bird Fans, thank you very much, Colton Sandage and John, let's take it out.